Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Seriously, the podcast from the New Statesman that takes pop culture seriously. I'm Caroline Crampton. And I'm Anna Leskovich. This week we're talking about the Liam Payne single Strip That Down and the new series of The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. We've also watched the David Lynch film Mulholland Drive for the first time, so we'll be talking about how that went later in the show. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Seriously. Caroline, how did you get on with Anne with an E? I know that it was a show that was kind of close to your heart. So I finished watching it now. It has seven episodes in all. When we discussed it last week, I think I'd only watched four or five. And we talked a little bit about the divisive critical reaction it's had. Yeah, the Anne of Green Gables fandom is just absolutely in disarray over a key character portrayal in the adaptation towards the end of this series. Is that right? Yes, that's right. So... um, uh, spoilers henceforth from what I'm about spoilers, to say spoilers, spoilers. if you don't want to know what happens this division is around the character of Matthew who is Anne's adopted father in the books Matthew is what she Anne describes all the way through as a kindred spirit he's her first ally when she moves to Green Gables Marilla takes a while to come round to the idea of Anne living with them but Matthew's like I want her to stay with us forever she's perfect and throughout all of Anne's troubles in her teenage and early 20s Matthew's always there for her and then Matthew dies really tragically from a heart attack when Anne's quite young so that's the kind of Matthew arc that everyone is familiar with in the show in the sixth and seventh episode they introduce one of the sort of built upon plots that we talked about i.e money troubles Mm. which doesn't really come up in the book at all but in the show suddenly a ship with a crop has gone down and Matthew's taken out an ill-advised loan and now they can't pay it and etc etc so there's quite a nice flurry of activity around them all having to like sell stuff and like try and make up money and people donating etc etc then in the seventh episode that hasn't all gone very well so Matthew tries to kill himself in a very melodramatic and not massively well acted scene involving a gun that he just randomly has he doesn't succeed and he seems to get over it quite quickly And then randomly at the end of the episode, some bad guys that you've seen previously turn up as fake lodgers. And that's the end. So I Uh. felt quite let down by this final episode. It doesn't feel like an end to the series at all. I actually spent 10 minutes Googling, like, is this a two-part series? Mm. When is part two? Because it didn't feel like an end at all. Also, I think the point of division for a lot of fans is Matthew would not act like that. Mm. Well, that's so interesting. But yeah. I wonder if they do make more episodes, whether they'll address it. Yeah, so it does come to what we were speaking about last week, where 
I was saying I liked the show so far because although it had introduced new plot elements, they felt in keeping with the characters mm-hmm. as drawn by Ellen Montgomery. I don't think that's true yeah. of that final plot yeah. thing. But it's interesting nonetheless. It's mm-hmm. still a very well-produced show and very entertaining. Well, if any seriously listeners have thoughts, please do get mm. in touch about Anne with an E. A million miles away, the first thing we're going to talk about this week is Strip That Down, the debut solo single from former One Direction member Liam Payne. Featuring Migos rapper Quavo, the club-friendly song includes lyrics about Coke and Bacardi and Ferraris. <laughs> a classic Liam Payne kind of song, I guess. You know I used to be in one day, I'm a freak. People want me for one thing, that's not me. I'm not changing the way that I used to be. I just want to have fun and get rowdy. Want Coke and Bacardi, sipping lightly. When I walk inside the party, girls on me. F1 type Ferrari, six kids speak. Girl, I love it when your body grinds on me. Oh, yeah. You know I love it when the music's loud, but come and strip that down for me. So this came out on Friday, just gone, so last week. And yeah, it's very kind of like hip-hoppy, but done by a guy who you can tell doesn't necessarily have authentic connection with hip-hop as a genre. Yes. (laughs) She said very carefully. I read a really amusing sort of behind the scenes account of this song somewhere on the internet I can't remember where it's quoting from an interview with Liam where he's saying you know I just got to LA and then I got this phone call like you've got to get back to London now man it's because Ed Sheeran wanted to talk to me and then we just like sat down and chatted and stuff and this song just like emerged yeah Ed Sheeran and Liam Payne like yeah <laughs> the hear moths of, of hip-hop yeah yeah <laughs> I, I also saw an interview with him that was really bizarre in which, like, his whole manner of being just seemed really off. Someone had asked him, like, oh, what do you think of, like, Harry and Niall and Zane's music? And he was like, oh, yeah, Niall's gone down the singer-songwriter route, which I respect. Like, Harry, uh, I mean, it's not the music I would listen to, da-da-da. And you feel really like, wow, it would have been so easy for you to say, like, wish him all the best, like, cool to see that they're, like, <laughs> expressing themselves. But he seems to want to kind of, like, put himself as, like, different to that kind of like rocker like white authentic so he's trying to i think position himself in like this black music genre and he's also compared it to rack city which Mm. is just like they're not similar songs at all it's so weird musically it's basically i guess it's trying to be stripped back in keeping with the title strip that down and that it's got that kind of like minimal it's like very well produced but there's like not loads of texture and density yeah. and stuff going on in the song but i really think feel like the thing that stands out about this song the most is the lyrics yes so i think we should go through those i think we should do <laughs> so it starts off you know i've been taking some time and i've been keeping to myself i had my eyes on the prize ain't watching anybody else now this for me a double entendre (laughs) is he talking about a lady or is he talking about his career like ain't watching any of those other one direction members keeping his eyes on the prize which is presumably this bad song (laughs) (laughs) then he goes but your love it hit me hard girl yeah you're bad for my health i love the cards that i've been dealt do you feel the same as well so we're getting like a sexy veering off there and then comes the amazing section lyrics wise of the song you know i used to be in one d now i'm out free people want me for one thing that's not me is that one thing in reference to the one direction song one thing do we think or one thing the musical style associated with one direction yeah but they did have their one of their most popular Mm. singles was called one thing so if that's a little dig like bye liam 
then I just want to have fun and get rowdy. One Coke and Bacardi sipping lightly. (laughs) I love the idea that Liam Payne's idea of fun is getting rowdy by sipping lightly on one Coke and Bacardi. It literally kills me. I just have this image of him like sat on his own, like in the corner, like the VIP area of some Mayfair club, just like with pursed lips and a little straw, (laughs) just like sipping lightly on his single Coke and Bacardi. Oh, it's so grim. Then... When I walk inside the party, girls on me. Ugh. Are they though? Oh, also, just... you have a kid now, Liam. Oh, yeah, like to go down that whole like weird parent shaming route mm. just to like redress the sexism. He's a dad now. <laughs> then F1 type Ferrari, six gear speed. I love the idea that he was like, I love this Ferrari, but what gear speed does it have? <laughs> It's like cool to look at, but like, tell me, is it a five gear speed or a six gear speed? Because I'm only interested in the latter. And then just like completely incongruously again, girl, I love it when your body grinds on me. I just, I can't even. This is, this is a mess. This is a mess. It's a hot mess. It's the song that Ed Sheeran wrote before he wrote Shape of You, in my opinion. Really? Yeah, he wrote this one. He was like, "Mm, not sure this is good enough. This is not good. (laughs) I'm going to write a better Trop House chart dominating club banger aha this one shape of you is better yeah oh god and then there's just like a lot more of the same really uh you know i love it when the music's loud but come on strip that down for me is the chorus i think you kind of get where it's going basically from that but for me it's really like truly embarrassing in a way that i like can't it just gives me a full body cringe (laughs) i don't know about you i made myself listen to it three times all the way through because I was like, you're going to talk about it on the podcast. Oh, you need God. to have paid attention to this. And that was quite painful. Yeah. And I would like to not listen to it again, please. Yeah. In in its defense, it is the kind of song that I can imagine just like doing quite well on Radio 1 purely because it's so like an amalgamation of like every other like boring pop song on the radio that it kind of just washes over people's ears. Yeah. In sort of terms of auditory sound it's it's got all of the elements that are doing well in the charts at the moment yeah but that is kind of like one of the reasons that i kind of don't Mm. buy it because it is just like oh yeah we'll go for some of these tropical vibes that people like we'll like make sure that there's like some sort of credible hip-hop voice on Mm. it for like three seconds and then we'll like just basically have a very generic overproduced pop song for the most part i have no idea how accurate a predictor this is but i in googling about this song ended up on a website called official trending charts or something Mm -hmm. which is predicting that it's going to stick around in the top 10 for a while if not Mm. maybe get to number one this week oh well i guess begrudging congratulations will be in order to Liam Payne if that happens but I don't like where his brand is going it makes me deeply no. uncomfortable have you seen the um the pain chain I saw the Instagram <gasps> of him doing it to Nick Grimshaw <sighs> what what, what can you explain it to me what is the it the pain chain is just basically Liam has started wearing like heavy gold jewelry because he thinks that he can get away with that and that it makes him look cool when obviously it doesn't um (laughs) obviously yeah i mean he just can't pull that off i think some of the four other one direction members have like taken the piss a little bit and somewhere in that kind of like banterous zone the pain chain as a nickname emerged and he's been like taking his necklace off his big heavy chain and putting it on other people and being like yeah do you want to go on the pain chain or whatever I mean, none of this should be that surprising to former One Direction fans who probably became acquainted with the Big Pain-O remixes. <laughs> Every time One Direction brought out a single, there would be like, you know, they would release the single and it would be the one song, but then there'd be like some sort of like heavier dance remix and then something along that lines, which would be called the Big Pain-O remix. And it would be Liam's attempt to like make a, a more club-friendly 
track out of it and they were always terrible <laughs> and like big pain doesn't that just like make you, mm. make you just do an internal ugh. but yeah so i guess it's not that surprising but i because he was always the one who would like wear the suit at the award ceremony and like address the media and like people used to call him like daddy pain because he was quite serious right he was the grown-up one yeah, yeah he yeah. was like the father of the boys that i kind of didn't expect him to go fully down this route that he's gone down and it's sad. It is sad, but in one sense, I'm finding it interesting in a more meta way. Boy band splits up, lots of solo debuts. Mm. And obviously in all of the boys' minds, it's like, oh, finally I get to do me. I get to do the work Express that myself. I've always wanted to do. Yeah. And for, you know, Harry and Zane and Niall, they've, you know, taken a kind of slightly genre diversion. Mm-hmm. They've you know formatted their personal brand in a particular way yeah you can see it happening with all you're so right it's yeah. like zane's gone down the r&b route yeah. i think like pretty successfully i yeah. quite like the zane and album pretty credibly as well yeah, yeah. niall's doing like blue-eyed singer-songwriter with his guitar around his neck which like it's not quite i'm not quite buying it but like pretty much he's like 80 percent there whatever harry's doing this like w- like kind of weird like authentic rock thing and then i don't even know what louis up to louis not really up to anything right now but then you've got liam doing this like bizarre like yeah i'm like a hip-hop person and you're like no you're not a hip-hop person <laughs> you're just so not like i don't get it it doesn't feel it almost doesn't feel genuine to me mm. it feels like he's decided that this is like the best niche for him and and it's just not working no it is not uh, as a footnote to this i wanted to ask you your opinions on harry styles's appearance on carpool karaoke oh yeah loved it really liked the whole bit where they uh swapped outfits yes really i was gonna mention that. that too as someone you know you've formally written pieces analyzing harry's fashion choices <sighs> of which we are big fans yeah uh and here was a whole video where we just got to see harry wearing <laughs> lots of different shirts it was really great because obviously james corden likes to take the piss out of himself and his kind of like what he sees as a non-hollywood mm. you know physicality and then there's harry who has this like very much like i don't know smoothie only body that just like looks a bit ridiculous and hollywood it's all very problematic in various ways james corden puts on like an ugly jumper and then gives it to harry styles and they kind of like go around in a circle like this where it's like james wears a golf jumper now james is wearing like a bright gold tiny latexy top etc and each time it obviously looks kind of laughable on james corden and somehow harry styles like gets away with it even when it's like a string vest mm-hmm. like a black string vest it still looks cool on him which is quite revealing about fashion and something that i should remember when i'm like on websites buying clothes and i'm like that model looks amazing mm. so will i and then you're like oh no this is how you've been conditioned to see beauty yes it was i really liked it the sequence it's uh for you know people like me who watch carpool karaoke with great intensity you will recognize this as a step on from the trope that they used with in the bruno mars one uh, where oh, um, yeah i did see that one a bruno mars tries on a variety of hats yeah and i loved that bruno mars's carpool karaoke is hands down my favorite one oh, so no far way. i didn't even like peg you as a bruno mars fan i'm not i just find him really really delightful in oh, that great and i often watch it when i feel a bit sad because yeah. as he points out to james corden because you know bruno mars likes to wear quite like flowy silk mm. stuff and he says to james corden like it's just impossible to be unhappy when you're wearing something this breathable <laughs> what a line yeah i mean we've talked at length before about our like james corden in car theory mm. but it is just such a great segment will liam get one 
That's an interesting question, actually, because I another thing I find interesting in my over-analysis of carpool karaoke is who gets to do it. Mm. Because I feel like... They're big names. Yeah, initially, it was obviously a bit of a, a punt for the star to agree to do it. Mm. But now it's such an established, popular format, it trends on YouTube for mm. days. Presumably people are queuing up to do it. So, for like, for instance, would Iggy Azalea get to do it now? Whereas she was actually one of the first people yeah, to do it when they first introduced it. Harry Styles, I think, to the non-aficionado, is the most recognisable face from One Direction. Yeah. So it makes sense that his solo debut would be accompanied by this. But and he, they have like a friendship, don't they? They so. do. Do you want any of the other members? Zayn didn't know. do one. Yeah. I think Zayn wouldn't do it because mm. he's so like, oh, like being accessible and fun is like not really part of his image. But for Liam, I feel like that's going to be quite important. So yeah, we'll see. <laughs> You know I've been taking some time and I've been keeping to myself I had my eyes upon the prize and watching anybody else But you love it, hit me hard, girl, yeah, you're bad for my health I love the cards that I've been dealt, do you feel the same as The next thing we're going to talk about is The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt which is a Netflix original series created by Tina Fey and Robert Carlock. Now, in its third series, it follows Kimmy, played by Ellie Kemper, as she adjusts to 21st century life in New York City after being held in an underground bunker by a cult leader, played by John Hamm, for 15 years. It also stars Titus Burgess as her roommate, struggling actor Titus Andromeda. Yeah, who is the best thing in it. I th- he is hands down the best thing in it. And so funny. This series three, in my opinion, has taken a turn for the worse. Oh sadly Mm. it just is not funny anymore like it used to be that's so sad why do you where do you place the like drop off most of the comedy was originally rooted in the fact that you know kimmy's just escaped from this really awfully traumatic situation she has never seen a smartphone she doesn't understand how the internet works but she's determined to turn over a new leaf and Mm. make the best of the life that's been given back to her Mm -hmm. so that it's a bit that, like big almost, isn't it? Where yes. most of the comedy comes from this idea that like, here's this like person who was a child from a different time trying to interact as an adult in a modern scenario. Exactly. But it's been three series now. I think she would probably <laughs> She's understand got with things now. how, you know, phones work now. Yeah. But there's still, she's still at the same level of being right. completely astonished by everything. And as a shtick, it's kind of got a bit... Getting old. Got a bit tired. Which is a shame because I think other elements of her personal development are still really interesting. And there is one bit, which I think is in the first or second episode, where, so the, what's his name? The Reverend Richard Wayne, Gary Wayne. Mm -hmm. John Hamm. Yeah, he's in prison now. And he is actually apparently legally married to Kimmy, but he wants a divorce so that yeah, he can so marry we open somewhere else. Sort of with her like receiving divorce papers, don't we, in the first episode? Yeah. And then John Hamm's fiance, played by Laura Dern, turns up and to try and like beg Kimmy to sign the papers. And she one of the things she says to try and persuade Kimmy is, you know, it's all just so hard for him, you know, it's like living in a Noel Coward play. And then Kimmy comes back with this line where she said, Yeah, if Noel Coward was really a coward who rapes everybody. Mm. And she still has some really brilliant lines yeah. like that where she cuts, you know, cuts through the the humor and finds the 
the trauma at the heart of the show. Yeah, but they don't pursue that mm. ever. It's always just these one-liners that then disappear. And that's basically my problem with the whole thing so far is that it's got some really funny like line-by-line writing in mm. it. But overall, I feel like the series hasn't developed or moved on. Yeah. I do like, like you say, some of the line-by-line humour in it. I really I love Titus's punchlines. Mm. And they, they always do a very sort of like what I would consider a classic joke in these things where they set the sentence sets up making you think someone's going to say something and then they like come in with the subversion right at the end of the sentence so i really liked for example when he's been on some cruise but he's had to like it's there's been some sort of disaster on the cruise and he's like swum ashore and he comes back and he says something like i wanted to come back from this cruise with money in my pocket and a real actual pocket (laughs) (laughs) and like things like that really just like surprise me and make me really laugh so yeah, I love his character in the lines he gets and I, yeah and I love his like pop culture references and the part of this new series that's been very heavily touted is Titus's Lemonade parody mm, yeah I haven't seen that yet when does that appear I th- maybe in the second episode I right. can't remember but the very weak plot set up for it is that he thinks he sees his boyfriend Mikey you know he's been away for a few months yeah. he thinks he sees his boyfriend Mikey you know going about with another gay guy and he's like oh, he's cheating on me so he goes full lemonade right and is that it good it is funny it is funny but maybe not as funny as it was built up to be yeah sadly you know there are some funny lines in it when you know, unlike Beyonce, he's not doing it on a closed set. So mm. someone interrupts him and he has a little meltdown. Like, Excuse me, I'm lemonading here, mm. um, which is quite funny. But it goes on for quite a long time. And you are aware that you're just watching a character wearing a flowy yellow thing and <laughs> wielding mm. a baseball bat. Mm. I don't know. It reminds me a bit of when I used to try and watch SNL when I was a teenager, because I was sort of vaguely aware from the early internet that SNL was this hilarious thing that Americans loved and it was really cool and that you know I would like it and whenever I did used to track it down I used to watch it in complete bewilderment like I don't understand any of this this is not funny at all these Mm. jokes are all falling really flat and I do still Mm. feel like that about a lot of SNL sketches that they're they're so in the moment and they're so rooted to very specific references yeah and some of Kimmy Schmidt now feels like that to me yeah Mm. Well, will you slog on with the rest? I read a review on Refinery29 that quite accurately reflected my own views on this, in which the author said that it's not bad, it's fine to have on in the background while you are cooking or cleaning. It just isn't the show that it once was. And that's Mm. broadly how I feel like, I probably will watch to the end while I'm tidying. Yeah. But not in the kind of, oh, I'm going to binge it all like I was before. Mm. Well, again, seriously, listeners, do get in touch with your thoughts on Kimmy Schmidt season three. You know, a fascinating transition. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So last time, I recommended to Anna that she give David Lynch's film Mulholland Drive a go given you know it's Twin Peaks season the Mm -hmm. new series has just started we just had our quiz we're very much in David Lynch's world at the moment it feels like yeah so Anna how did it go yeah so I went and saw it at the cinema because they're screening it a lot at the moment due to Twin Peaks which I think is probably a really good thing Mm. I think this would have been a hard thing it's a long movie it's a very weird movie I think would have been a hard thing to concentrate on like on my laptop in my bedroom for two and a half hours but I went and like properly immersed myself into it and yeah I really liked it but I was also like whoa I didn't understand anything that just happened yes did you spend like hours after you got home reading conspiracy theories on the internet well I haven't done any of that yet because I was planning to but then we kind of got caught up in like some big news events very sadly this week so I haven't haven't been able to devote myself to it as I would have liked but I'm definitely going to go back and do that what was was there anything that you gleaned from your time online well basically there are no answers out there but there are lots of (laughs) questions Mm. also David Lynch on his website has a page that you can easily find where he lists like 10 clues or 10 things or something that he thinks he's such a troll will explain it to you um and (gasps) I actually, one day when I have time, I'm going to rewatch the film with that in front of me. Because, yeah, whatever. Yeah, he, I, I, you're right, <laughs> he is such a troll. That one of them is, is like everything you need to know you find out in the first 90 seconds of the film or before the credits or something like that. I don't even um, remember how it starts. Yeah, I Oh, know. it starts with the two guys. It starts with the two guys. That's really weird. And then you don't hear from them ever again. And there's the weird person behind the bins. It's very odd. So insofar as we can explain what this film is like for listeners who haven't seen it um you know it's a it's a film about an actress or two actresses Mm -hmm. in hollywood and jealousy and female friendship and desire and yeah like i guess there's a kind of murder mystery element to it yeah almost it's very weird like there's it seems there's a lot about kind of acting and identities in it right she comes and she's an actress and she's very like wide-eyed and she's like oh my god i can't believe i'm in tinseltown Mm. and it feels really weird like you're like wait 
is this is this a bad actress like his name or what's just bad at this and then as it goes on that kind of becomes peeled back a little bit and you see her like acting and when she's acting acting she's really really good and then it just that she meets this woman and then that woman takes on a new identity and is wearing a wig and like there's a lot of stuff about like pretending to be different people but it's just never resolved and you never know who anyone actually is or like what the fuck is even going on what the hell is happening i know so one of the reasons i've read for why it's so confusing is because apparently he originally made half of it as a tv pilot Mm. for a twin peaks-esque neo-noir series didn't get picked up for anyone so he finished it as a movie wow that's so funny one thing i did really like about this movie is i am uh, an obsessive of scenes in movies that are like some like either in movies when they go to the movies or like when they go to the theater or when they're watching tv like mm. i love to see i love to watch people watching things in movies and there's a great scene where the two lead women go to a club and yeah. they watch someone sing like a roy orbison song in spanish and then they like tear well up loads and loads and loads and I loved that scene. I just thought that was amazing. Really, really cool. That is really amazing. Did you also find the the moment when the movie pivots, mm. let's say, mm. when she's looking at the tiny blue box mm. and then suddenly the name of its character, like she's just, like she's just not there. Yeah. Did that really freak you out? Yeah. Every, that, the whole last, what is it, like hour, maybe mm. half an hour? I don't know. Like it's just all so weird. And that's the stuff that I just like don't get at all and that I would like to read up on and maybe poke some corners of my brain but yeah it was really interesting and it's one of those films that afterwards you're like wait are you fucking with me or was Mm. this good I don't know (laughs) yeah I know what you mean I I think I went to see it quite late on a Sunday night and Mm. when I came out of that I went to the picture house central in central London and when I came out Piccadilly was kind of almost empty and I was just really confused I was like what what have I just watched and where did everybody go yeah yeah it is so bizarre so yeah, but glad I watched it, especially in time for Twin Peaks season. I feel like it definitely, I, mean, I wouldn't say I like understand Twin Peaks any more than I did before, mm. but it definitely like fleshed out my context. Yeah, and there are definite pa- parallels between the two. Absolutely. So what about for next week? Do we have a recommend in the inbox? We do. We have a really great one from Alana. So thank you very much, Alana. She is recommending us a new Channel 4 comedy series called Loaded. And the brief description she gives us here is Josh, Vinny, Ewan and Watto have just sold their startup video game company for a clean 246 million, the culmination of a billion man hours of blood, sweat, toil, coding, shouting, swearing, fighting, hugging, pitching, grinding and occasionally showering. And she says it's only two episodes in so far and I'm really enjoying it. It's by no means perfect. Reviews have been mixed with the comment that the main characters are essentially all dickheads being mentioned more than once. A fact that I actually find makes it slightly more enjoyable. And then she just lists some high points, um, one of which is that uh, Samuel Anderson from the History Boys is in it, which is definitely a point in our favour. And then this is my favourite thing, she says. There is an argument about how it is in fact definitely feasible to live in centre parks if you're smart about it, (laughs) and how the riverboat waterways of England are highly commutable. Wow, this sounds fun. I'm really interested in this. I want it to be like a British version of Silicon Valley somehow crossed with the in-betweeners. Okay, well, we'll investigate and see whether it is in fact that. (laughs) 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Seriously, the pop culture podcast from the New Statesman. If you enjoyed the show, why not subscribe to make sure you never miss another episode? We're available in all the usual places you get podcasts, including iTunes, where you can also leave us a review if you like. At our website, seriouslypod.com, you can find all our back episodes, plus our specials on Home Alone, Gilmore Girls, Harry Potter, Love Actually and Friends. We're available many other places on the internet, including on Twitter, Facebook and Tumblr. We're Seriously Pod on all of them. We love getting your recommendations for things we should feature on the show, or just hearing your thoughts on what we've discussed. Get in touch on social media or email us on seriouslypod at gmail.com. And if you feel strongly that more pop culture needs to be taken seriously, spread the word and tell your friends and family about the podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free warbyparker.com slash covered.